In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Some of you who were here on Monday right, might remember, Christ is transfigured. Okay, you've proven yourselves. See, those of you who didn't know, you should have been here. Okay. All right. Imagine a young man who gets invited to a prestigious banquet. And knowing that such class and taste are required of the ones who attend this banquet, he requests of his father to provide him with the choicest of apparel. A custom, pure white garment, clean, crisp, and beautiful. The very same young man attends the banquet, and while there gets carried away with food and drink, losing himself in the revelry, compromising the dignity of his person, and while indulging, staining the beautiful garment in a humiliating way, and later returning home. Knowing his father to be a man not without means, he presents the garment and in all humility admits his mistake, beseeching of his father to have it cleaned. Please, father, have it cleaned that this garment that I have nearly destroyed might be restored to its original beauty. The father, seeing his son's contrition, agrees to have it cleaned and restored to the son. Surely he's learned his lesson. The son's invited to yet another banquet, to which he quickly RSVPs. On the night of the event, falling into revelry, staining his garment and nearly destroying it yet again. A bit embarrassed, he returns home, but also with confidence that all will be made well as before. He provides the garment to be cleaned, and while turning it over, even exposing the barbarity and lewdness of those others who attended the party. Himself, of course, being a little better than them in some way. Resting in the confidence in the means provided by his father, first the garment and its dignity, and later the ability to have it cleaned and restored to its original state, the man continues this cycle again and again each time having it cleaned, and each time more boldly judging the slobs at these events. What happens to him eventually? What do you think? Eventually he destroys the garment from constant misuse. He ruins his friendships by false confidence, thinking that all will be well no matter what I do and proves undeserving to have the garment restored. Even having thought to himself, it doesn't matter. Once it's soiled beyond repair, my father will simply replace it. I use this parable to further emphasize the lesson presented in today's gospel reading. This parable in which our Savior tells the story of a man who begs to be granted forgiveness of his debts and is granted forgiveness, but quickly proves himself unworthy of such forgiveness when he then turns to his own debtor and relentlessly demands recompense, even punishing the poor man by having him imprisoned. 
what an illness hypocrisy is, and a self-inflicted one at that. Of course, in the Savior's parable, the man's desire for forgiveness, followed by his refusal to forgive, resulted in his own immunity to forgiveness. Such immunity to forgiveness, to mercy, resulted in the man's condemnation. What could have resulted in the perpetuation of mercy resulted in enslavement to self and subjection to punishment. He could have been free if he had only granted freedom. In his refusal, he became a slave and worthy only of the consequences of his decisions. The reading of this parable brought me to meditate upon the nature of forgiveness is what I want to focus on today. The dic dictionary definition of forgiveness is this, to grant pardon or remission of, or to absolve, to give up all claim on account of, to remit, like of a debt or an obligation, to remove someone, of a, relinquish them of their debt or an obligation, to grant pardon to a person, set them free, to cease to feel resentment against, to forgive one's enemies, to cancel an indebtedness or liability, as in to forgive the interest owed on a loan. And of course, forgiveness is present throughout the Holy Scriptures. The very first thing that comes to my mind when I think of forgiveness is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us from the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us. Forgive us as we forgive. It's kind of funny because if we, if we had the opportunity to word that prayer, we would probably just say, forgive us. You see? We would probably say, forgive us, and we wouldn't add that second part. Forgive us as we forgive. Such a powerfully instructive word from Jesus built into the model prayer from the sacred lips of our Savior, a teaching on the nature of forgiveness. Sometimes we want to be forgiven, but without having to forgive. To receive mercy, but not to bestow mercy. We want to live as if God's purpose and prerogative is to forgive. To show mercy, but not my own purpose and prerogative. Woe to us who realize, excuse me, who fail to realize, woe to us who fail to realize that Godlikeness, that healing and salvation all call us forth to forgive, to bestow mercy. Thus, forgive us as we forgive. We could also interpret this to mean, forgive, forgive me only in as much as I'm willing to forgive others. It's kind of scary. Where, what a terrible predicament for us hypocrites who would love to be forgiven 70 times 7, but would pre prefer not to forgive at all, or, or maybe just once or twice. Because to forgive more than a couple times 
would be an injustice and irrational, right? Yet we're called to forgive. Not only once or twice, but as much as we ourselves would like to be forgiven. How many times would you like to be forgiven of your mistakes? Every time. Every time. Then when should we forgive? When should we forgive? What's the criteria for determining whether or not I need to forgive? I have a few, few thoughts. A few thoughts in this regard. First of all, forgive those who ask for forgiveness. Forgive those who ask for forgiveness. Don't try to question their motive. Does he really mean it? Does she really know what forgiveness is? Forgive those who ask for forgiveness. This might beg the question, is there ever a time in which we should rightfully withhold forgiveness? To this I say that forgiveness is freedom from the desire to have the satisfaction of seeing the other person experience the consequences of his sin. Does that make sense to you? It's kind of a big sentence. Forgiveness is freedom, my own freedom, from the desire to have the satisfaction of seeing the other experience the consequence of his sin. We should never rejoice when someone experiences even the natural consequences of his or her sin. Never rejoice when someone experiences even the natural consequences of their sins, their own mistakes. All sin is tragic. And therefore, thus is even the need for justice. Even the need for law and rules indicates a, a tragic situation that we find ourselves to be in, that we need rules to follow, that we even need a judge. Yes, people must be held accountable to taking responsibility for their actions, yet to rejoice in the punishment of another, even a deserved punishment, is a further indication of the sad condition of humanity. Forgive those who have offended you. This is the second thought. Forgive those who have offended you. For what is an offense but the response of a wounded ego? You hurt my feelings. That person said something that they shouldn't have said to me. Offense is very dangerous. Feeling offended all the time. Because offense breeds resentment, and resentment gives birth to anger. And anger always seeks to retaliate, to hurt. The objective of anger is to hurt and even to destroy. You see, we're capable of hurting and destroying, but we're also capable of healing and restoring. Remember that a fire cannot be extinguished with a flame. Neither can offense be quelled, quelled with resentment. So forgive those who ask for forgiveness. Forgive those who have offended you. 
and forgive those who have hurt you, even physically. But remember that forgiveness is never a dismissal of the sin or a justification of the sin that, that the person committed against you, even if someone profoundly hurt you. See, forgiveness does not free the person from the consequences of their sins always, especially the consequences in, in their own conscience. Forgiveness does not free one from that consequence. Neither is forgiveness something that results in the automatic trust of the person that you're forgiving. To forgive someone who has hurt you doesn't mean you have to automatically turn around and trust them again. In fact, sometimes forgiveness severs the rope of codependency between me and that person. Such that the one who would perpetually injure you or me that person can be set free from the opportunity of doing that again. Forgive and sever the ties so that the person no longer has the opportunity to hurt you or to injure you again. Forgive and walk away. In some circumstances, it's, it very well may be called for to say something like, I forgive you, therefore I will never provide you the opportunity to do that again. As Christians, as followers of Christ, forgiveness becomes our mode of life. This mode of life we can define as being merciful, being forgiving, being merciful. Remember our high calling, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Forgiveness and mercy are born from the heart of one who is forgiven and who is seeking forgiveness. The one who realizes that his life depends on the mercy of God. Forgiveness and mercy spring forth from the one who is striving to love without condition. Unconditional love. In our lives, we must strive to operate on the presupposition of love. It's one of my favorite sayings. We must operate on the presupposition of love. My love, or at least my attempt to love, every person whom I encounter. This means that if forgiveness is our rule, love is our motive. And love, true love, never seeks to control it doesn't aim to manipulate, as can happen when we try to withhold forgiveness. Love doesn't seek to control or to manipulate, as we often do when we try to withhold forgiveness of other people. Withholding of forgiveness can be a way of trying to control other people. But then the resentments that come from withholding or refusing forgiveness the resentments become the very ropes that bind us up. And being bound by resentment leads to the impassioned state of anger and malcontent. When I forgive, I do so, hopefully, out of the true desire for the healing of the offender. And out of the desire for my personal healing to take place. It's like pulling out a splinter that could fester. 
had become infected and even gangrenous. Something that starts as a seeming trifle but can lead to, lead to a terrible illness. So it's not only up to God to forgive, though God is the source of all forgiveness. To forgive is to cease to feel like anyone owes you anything. Like the man in today's parable who was relinquished of his indebtedness, he was forgiven his debts. Of course, the Savior was not concerned with people who've created social and economical complications in their lives because of money lending but with those who would like to be unbound. Well, yet, in their own minds, free to bind others. But, but, to forgive is to unbind oneself of resentment. To forgive is to free oneself from the sin that so readily binds his brother. To forgive is to no longer feel the need to exercise judgment upon the other, but rather to remember the words of the Lord, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. To forgive is to no longer submit to the myth that you can enslave another person by means of the judgments of your own mind, and to be freed from feeling the right to act on such judgments. I have an interesting question, kind of a subtle, subtle one, there's nuance to it. Is it our calling, is it our calling to be forgiven? Is this what we're called to do, to be forgiven? It's not our calling to be forgiven, it's our calling to forgive. It's our calling to forgive. Of course, we don't hesitate to put ourselves at the foot of the Lord's table in our brokenness, in our desperation, in our need, and say in all humility, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. But you see, while we're seeking to bestow forgiveness and mercy on others, we avail ourselves to the forgiveness and mercy of God. That doesn't mean we don't ask for forgiveness. That's not what I'm saying. But we treat it sometimes in our condition. We treat it as if it's our, our life is just uh, about sinning and repenting. Sin and repent, sin and repent. But actually our calling is to be merciful. To be agents of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. That's our calling. You see the difference? So when we hear a homily or when we read the gospel, when a bit of wisdom is granted to us from a spiritual book, when sp someone speaks a word of truth in our, in our life, we have to ask ourselves, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to me? Thus today the question is a very serious one. It's one that we must dig deep to address. So please, please don't hesitate to do the hard work of exploring where in your life there's a need for deep forgiveness. I'm talking about you forgiving someone else, you forgiving others. Ask of yourself in all sincerity, 
and inquire of the conscience. Is there anyone against whom I've held a perpetual grudge? Is there anyone before whom I think I have the right to stand in judgment? Is there anyone whom I've refused to forgive? Dig deep as one keenly aware of your own need for forgiveness and see that this need can only be met, this need for forgiveness can only be met when it's bestowed on others, when we are willing to forgive others. Please don't give in to the myth of cheap forgiveness or cheap grace, one that's bestowed upon the self without any need for change. Do we desire unconditional grace? Forgiveness of the many mistakes we make, our innumerable offenses against others, both voluntary and involuntary? Then please, let us become defined by our willingness to forgive. Let this be our rule. Let this be our manner. Let this be our way. I also beg of you, I beg of you, if you need to request the forgiveness of any, if you know that you've offended anyone in particular, if you've hurt another person, hesitate no longer to humbly take responsibility for your error and ask for forgiveness. Don't wait for them. And I'll lead by example. I won't go through you one by one. <laughs> but I will say this. I know, I know, dear ones, that I've had many opportunities to offend. And it breaks my heart to consider that I could have hurt any one of you, either by my own word or by my own action or inaction. So I ask you, please forgive me of any and all offenses that I've committed against you. I cannot bow low enough. So please know that I love you and that I beseech your forgiveness. And I assure you that I forgive you as well. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed is he who is rich in mercy, who forgives those who forgive. To him be all glory, honor, and worship now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Forgive me.